Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, thanks for joining us again this week on Healing at the Speed of Light, your weekly laser therapy podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and we'll be talking today about bone healing. Bone healing and bone regeneration, specifically when it comes to uh, fractures as well as bone grafts. So hopefully you'll be able to gain some good knowledge on not only how bones are designed to heal, but also on fractures and other bone problems that are frequently problematic and, and don't really like to heal on their own. And then also the use of laser to help speed up and enhance bone healing and integration. So we're going to look at a, a scientific study today, and this one's a review, and the title is Effect of Low-Level Laser Therapy on Bone Regeneration During Osseointegration and Bone Graft. This was published in the uh, July 2017 edition of Photomedicine and Laser Surgery. So there's a lot in that title, but don't worry, this is going to be pretty simple. Basically, if you've ever broken a bone, you know that we're talking about snapping a bone in two or a hairline fracture. Fracture just means that we have a break in the bone. There's a lot of different types of breaks, and most of them really do heal pretty well. I'll read you a quote from the study. It says, bone has a regenerative capacity, but that capacity can be limited if there is mechanical instability, deficient blood supply, or competition with highly proliferative tissue. So as a consequence, a bone defect may be created that makes rehabilitation impossible. Now, there's a couple things there. Specifically, you need to have good stability of that bony problem. That's why when you go to the doctor with a fracture, if they can, a lot of times they will put you in a cast, immobilize it, stabilize it, because then the body's repair mechanisms can work to mend the bones back together. But they also mention a deficient blood supply being a problem, meaning that if you have a lack of blood flow to that area, then healing will not happen as well. Okay, we need a couple other things too, but blood supply is the biggest one and stability is a big one. They also mention competition with highly proliferative tissue. What would highly proliferative tissue be? Well, one thing would be scar tissue. If there's a lot of scar tissue proliferating or developing around that fracture, it can actually interfere with the quality of repair and the stability of that final outcome. Now, there's a couple other things you need for bone repair, too. One thing that most of you are going to know about is calcium, right? You need to have the right level of calcium coming in. If you are deficient on calcium, bone healing is going to go quite poorly. Another thing that you need is immune system function, proper immune system function, and cellular signaling. The body has to know that there's a problem there and be able to communicate that to the immune system to get it to heal. Another aspect of this is that you do need some level of mechanical stimulation. Now, what I mean by that is that mechanical stimulation or flexing or loading of that bony area really accelerates the cell signaling from that place of damage. So 
if you have osteoporosis or if you've been told that you have osteopenia, you've got a reduction of bone density, what has the doctor recommended that you do? Usually, make sure you take your calcium and do weight-bearing exercise. So, weight-bearing exercise puts a stress or a load on the bones and that helps them develop better strength, better density. The fracture healing side of things is really no different. There needs to be some level of load. That's why even within a cast, you can usually wiggle that foot around or, or move that arm to some degree. Now you have to be very cautious, you know, because you have to have that stability, but some level of use is still required. We typically don't just make people sit around with a cast on and wait for eight weeks. You need a little bit of stress onto that area, a little bit of mechanical stimulation to really get that to come back well. Now that's really minimal, so that's not talked about a lot. But this is why you'll see uh, people that are laid up with like a hip fracture, older adults especially, that are laid up with a hip fracture, uh, very, very slow to heal. They really can't do much to help apply any level of stimulation to that area. Not only that, but then oftentimes as an older adult, they're dealing with bone density problems like osteoporosis. And so there can be a lot of problems with getting bones to heal. You know, uh, bones that just don't come back together um, and, and heal up because of that lack of stability or another issue. Those are called non-union fractures. You can also have osteoporotic fractures where, where the bone density is very, very weak. And so those bones snap very quickly. Those are difficult to heal. You can have uh, problems with infections after, after uh, especially surgical repair of bones. You can have um, bone grafts that don't really integrate. You can have prosthesis integration too, where if somebody has a knee replacement done, you know, the, that, the prosthesis, the implant has to actually kind of integrate itself into that bone structure. Sometimes that doesn't go well. You can also have small bone fractures that just really can't be treated. And here we're talking about things like rib fractures or fingers and toes. I mean, you can't really put a rib into a cast, so you end up with difficulty uh, getting that to heal. You can't really stabilize it. It's painful, usually for weeks and weeks. So this is where laser therapy can really come into play to help with the repair process of these sometimes difficult to heal fractures. So I want to that list that I just gave you of all those kind of difficult to heal regions and 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 bone problems. We'll, we'll go through the go through that briefly. Now in a non-union fracture, uh, you will oftentimes end up with decreased blood flow to that area, whether it's through a diabetic condition or scar tissue development. Sometimes nerve damage can limit the blood flow to a non-union fracture. Also, cellular signaling can be reduced. And that we see that with immune system problems often where the cells just aren't able to get the attention they need in order to promote healing in that area. Small bones and flat bone fractures, that, that's where we're talking about uh, the pelvis, the toes, the fingers, the ribs. A again, many times there's not any possible treatment that you can have. So oftentimes the approach is just wait or to utilize pain medications to try to minimize the discomfort. With osteoporosis-related fractures, you know, a lot of times those are very complex. They're not just a simple break. Sometimes they have multiple pieces 
that have to come back together and uh, it's slow to ossify or calcify because the, bone, the body's already having problems getting calcium into the bones at the right density. So getting a fracture to heal is also very difficult. Now with bone grafts, bone grafts and also uh, integrating uh, prosthesis. So we're talking about, uh, say, uh, grafting bone into the jaw or that knee replacement where the implant has to be able to solidify within the native bone. You know, that can be a very difficult process because not only do you need bone to heal around that area, but if, especially if you have a bone graft, you have to integrate that bone to what's already there and supply it with blood flow and the proper level of immune system uh, reactivity there where it's not overreacting and rejecting that implant but it's also working strongly enough to build bone around that give it a blood supply so again I'll take you back to the first quote I gave you from the study where they say bone has a regenerative capacity but again is limited if there's mechanical instability deficient blood supply or competition with highly proliferative tissue like scar tissue and so, again, this is where laser therapy can really come into play to help stimulate the proper levels of immune system support, blood flow, and regulation of healing processes into that area to get a more successful and much quicker outcome. I'll read you a couple more quotes from this study. They're really science-heavy, but I find them pretty interesting, and, and you might also. Okay, so according to the study, they say a primary effect of laser therapy uh, is restricted to photon absorption. Photons emitted from the laser have to reach the mitochondria of the cells. So that's a, the energy producer of the cell. And there it's absorbed by chromophores, like cytochrome, porphyrins, and flavoproteins, and are finally converted into chemical energy in the cells. A cascade of signals between mitochondria, nucleus, and oxidative metabolism leads to an increase in ATP production, causing pain relief and wound healing. A secondary effect is the result of photonic stimulation, amplifying the primary effect, which is what we just talked about with increasing energy and cell signaling, uh, which also, that secondary effect, increases calcium production. Now, a tertiary effect is systemic and occurs at a distance from the stimulus. Thus, laser energy applied to one lesion or damaged area can stimulate the healing of both the treated lesion and other lesions at a distant location. Okay, what that's saying is you don't necessarily even need to have laser right on the fracture site to have systemic benefit because laser has been shown to affect the immune environment and the healing properties throughout the body, not just at one level of damage, but at multiple levels of damage. So applying the laser directly to the fracture can be excellent, as well as around that area can also be quite helpful for speeding up the energy production, calcification, and cell signaling that, that area needs, which those are three things that are critical to bone healing. Now, I've been fortunate enough to be able to see this many, many times in practice. 
This is where we'll take someone with a rib fracture that typically is going to experience six to eight weeks of pretty significant pain with nothing to do about it. We can cut that down to two weeks, sometimes even less, where we can get that person back to feeling well. They're able to move and go and walk and hike and do the things they want to do, pick up their kids again, and it makes a big difference for their quality of life very quickly. That's important. The same thing for fingers and toes and flat bone fractures. Skull fractures are another one. If you can get these fractures to close up, to heal up more quickly, not only are you talking about benefits as far as the patient's pain levels, your pain levels, but also just how you function. Think about this with me for a minute. If you've ever broken a rib or broken a bone, you know what kind of pain levels we're talking about here. It's really quite annoying. Um, and so if you take that rib fracture, well, you can't stabilize it. You can't put the rib cage in a cast. So that thing is painful every time you cough or sneeze or bend wrong or lift or do just the right motion with your arms. That means that you don't do a lot of things that normally you would do. How much does that cut into your productivity, say, at work? How much does it affect your lifestyle with your kids or your other family members or just even trying to keep the house clean? Right? This is pretty significant. And when you go, when you can talk about doing that, you know, for two months of dealing with pain from a fracture like that, if you can cut that down to a couple of weeks, it makes a massive difference. I mean, who wouldn't want to reduce that pain level and get back to being active? But not only that, if you've gone through surgical processes that leave you with non union fractures, if you're at the right point in time, you might be able to benefit from getting laser to help that process go back the right direction where we can get that fracture to heal up. So when we're talking about bone healing with especially bone grafts and surgical implants like that knee replacement, you know, in many cases, if that doesn't succeed, either very, very big revisions have to happen or you're out of options. Let's take that bone graft in the jaw example. If that doesn't go well, then you're probably out a lot of money, a lot of time, and you may not be able to have that redone. You may have to have that surgically removed, and you may no longer have the option to have the teeth implants performed that need to be done. If we're talking about a knee replacement, and that doesn't go well, and the hardware actually loosens in the bone many times that has to be re surgically revised so they'll have to go in and take that out take away more of your native bone and then put a different implant in well you can only typically have a knee replacement done twice i've seen a few that were done three times they never go very well so if you've already now used up both of your replacements i mean these things only have a 10 to 15 year you know, lifespan. So you, you're going to be in trouble at some point, assuming that even everything goes well with the second one. It's important to make sure that that healing takes place so that you can have good success from that surgical procedure. So going back to the conclusions on this study, they say laser therapy increases cellular metabolism. Bone cells need to have good metabolism to be able to heal. They say photonic energy, light energy, is transmitted to the nucleus of the cell resulting in DNA and RNA synthesis, which causes protein synthesis. This will lead to bone neoformation or new bone formation and resorption, which 
increase osseointegration or integration of bone grafts specifically. So this is a really easy side effect free way to make sure that whatever process you've had done, whatever surgical process you've had done, or whatever trauma you've gone through does actually come back. Not only the pain levels, but that it heals up correctly so you can be strong, happy, and healthy in the future. Thanks for joining us this week. If you have any questions, as always, please shoot me an email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org, and I'll look forward to talking with you next week. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.